Good morning, all souls, virtually and wherever you may be. Uh, I'm Mark Andrus, and I'm uh, here with Sheila Andrus, and we are so glad to be able to join you as we can join you with the, um, the gift of the technology and the people who are making the technology work. I'm looking at some of them, uh, though you all can't see them. Uh, I'm very grateful for how they are making this all uh, weave together so we can be together. Today, we continue to uh, deepen our understanding of who is Jesus Christ in, in the economy of salvation after the resurrection. Uh, each Sunday, from Easter Sunday forward through the whole season of Easter, we have more and more unfolding of the nature of who Jesus is as the face of God. And today is a, a continuation of the gospel lesson from last Sunday, which was the, um, the I am statement, I am the vine. And it's good for us to remember that we are talking about this uh, vine where God is, you might say, the deep roots of the vine. Jesus is the vine that's manifest outside of the roots. And then you and I and all life are the branches. And out of the branches comes uh, the, the fruit. Um, it, it's good to remind us of that because uh, today is about the sap, the, the sap that flows from the roots through the vine through the branches and creates the fruit. And it's this uh, unimpeded flow. And what is flowing, the sap that is flowing through all this is love. And it's very clear, this is uh, again and again through this whole I am statement about the vine starting last week and this week, it's about love. We abide in my love as I abide in the Father's love, the parent God's love, and you abide in me, I abide in God, and this love flows between them. Uh, today, the, the collect that I prayed at the beginning of this service talked about uh, we prayed to God together through me saying the words. We prayed that God would pour God's love into our hearts. And this pouring of love into our hearts was repeated in the Acts lesson uh, where it says that the Holy Spirit had been poured onto these Gentiles, these people who didn't ask or know or, quote, deserve the gift of the Spirit. All of this uh, love flows because this is how God has made the world. And it, it's natural. But sometimes there are things that cause the uh, a blockage in the way the love flows. And uh, that is uh, the distortion of the world. These are the things that uh, the lesson, the this, this second lesson uh, told us have to be overcome. So what we want to understand is uh, what was it that Jesus heard from his parent God? What did Jesus hear from his parent God? And we're interested in this because he says that he has made known to his disciples everything that God told him. And the gospel is telling you and me everything that the disciples passed on. So it goes from God to Jesus to the disciples and to us. And so there's that flow. It, it goes from the source and it comes to us. And what 
Jesus heard from God, which is why Jesus calls God the parent, the root from which he comes and from which we come, is that what he heard is that God is not giving commandments to us and to the world to follow that are not like God. The, the big news that Jesus learned from God is that this is one divine being that we find in all of life. It's in the source and the root of the cosmos, and it is in every aspect, every leaf, every twig of the cosmic tree in you and in me. And it, it's, it's love. And there's several ways that this love, this agape love has been translated. It's been called unconditional love. It's been called sacrificial love. Uh, I translate it as overflowing love. And there's that word again, poured into flowing. It's the, it's the unimpeded flowing of love and it's overflowing. And that's important. Uh, because in this, in this passage from the I am statement, Jesus says that no greater love has anyone than this, that they would lay down their life for their friends. Now, that takes a little understanding uh, because it sounds like sacrificial love alone. I sacrifice my life. Jesus sacrifices his life for the sake of others. And there's an extinguishing of the life that is given so that others might live. But that's not how it is. It's more like the roots, the vine, the branches, the fruit, uh, the, the love that flows through all of that is, is infinite. Its source is infinite. It is given and it feels like sacrifice. And I'm not saying that there's not struggle and loss and pain in this giving. But instead, I'm saying that when we give in this way, when it overflows, even if it feels like sacrifice, the love is replenished. Paul tells us that there's only one thing that never ends, and it is this love. That's, that's the quality of it, is that it is enduring. It's eternal. It never ends. We pour it out, and it's replenished. I, as a branch, pour it out to another branch, and it's replenished from the vine. And the vine is replenished from the roots. So what Jesus heard is that the nature of God is like the nature of the commandments that God gives to us. Why, why would this be a big surprise? Uh, when I went to seminary at Virginia Seminary, there were these uh, great jasper, semi-precious stone plaques that came from ancient Acadia, ancient Assyria. And they were part of the walls of a great city, Nimrud, and there were hundreds of these plaques. And if you were somebody coming up to the walls of this great city, and they were much larger than life, they were all carved with uh, images of the kings and of the gods and of angels. And all of them had great mighty muscles and they had wings. Uh, they were really fearsome beings. And if you were, let's say, a Hebrew shepherd, uh, who didn't have an army and uh, lived it without land, but following your flocks along, and you saw these great jasper plaques, 
these were depictions of what most of the ancient world thought God was like. God was power. God was domination. God was not love. And if God was love, God was love for certain people, like the kings and the high priests. God was not love for you and for me and for all of life. And this is what Jesus is saying that he hears from his parent God is that, in fact, God is of the same nature as the commandments that God gives to us. Other understandings of God, and they are still around today, would have it that God is a pitiless God. God is a judging God. God is a perfect God who does not suffer and is not vulnerable. And God gives commandments, objective commandments to humanity, to the world, and we're supposed to live by them. But God does not live by them. But what, what Jesus discovered, and this is why Jesus calls God his parent, is that God is of the same nature as he. He is like God. And God wants you and I to be like Jesus, to be like parent God, uh, God the Father, as Jesus said. So this is this natural flow of love that comes from God, and it comes to all of us, every one of us, as insignificant as I might be, that love comes to me, and it finds love in me, because God has created me like that too. So what does this laying down of life look like in the concrete real world. What, what does this seem like? Well, when Sheila and I lived in Alabama, there was an amazing woman who will be coming to California to join all of us for the diocesan convention this year. Her name is Ruby Sales. She's a black woman. She's about my age. But back in the early 60s, she was a 17-year-old Tuskegee student, Tuskegee College, Tuskegee Institute student. And she was leaving college at that time to be part of the voter rights registration work in Alabama around Selma. And she was joined in that work by a white seminarian, an Episcopal seminarian who was uh, about to be ordained a deacon when he left his seminary in Cambridge, Massachusetts and came to Alabama because he felt called by God to be part of the civil rights movement. His name was Jonathan Daniels. And Jonathan and young Ruby Sales and about 10 other people were jailed in August of 1965 uh, for their work in voter registration. Think of August in Alabama in a, in a dirty, unair-conditioned, hot jail where they were for over a week. And Jonathan uh, said in his diary, that the worst thing about it was not the heat and the fact they didn't have showers and they had a toilet in the corner of the room that was just a bucket. The worst thing was the food, which was spoiled and inedible. And at the end of that week, mysteriously, bail was posted for them. When I say mysteriously, nobody took responsibility for posting the bail. And that was a fearful thing for civil rights uh, activists who were jailed at that time, because it usually meant that somebody was posting the bail to get them out of the relative safety of the jail, where they would be open to attack 
And that's exactly what happened. Ruby and a young Roman Catholic priest, Robert Morris Rowe and Jonathan Daniels went to the only store that would sell food and drink to blacks and whites uh, to get some cool drinks for all of them. And when they were coming out of the store, a man uh, who was known in the town, he, he was sort of an assistant uh, deputy uh, sheriff, stepped out from the shelter of the wall and held a shotgun up to Ruby, not to the two white men, and said, I'm gonna kill you. And instead of her being killed, Jonathan stepped in front of that gun blast and was instantly killed. He laid down his life for Ruby Sales. I've thought about this so often because Ruby is a great hero of the civil rights movement. She went on to, to the same seminary Jonathan had, where he had been a student in Cambridge and got an MDiv there. And she's gone on to teach and to lead. Her wisdom and her strength and her courage are iconic. But there's something to understand about this too in this laying down of life is that Jonathan's life did not end. His, his love did not end. We believe it's eternal. And he did not pour his love, his life, his love into Ruby's life as if it were a vacuum. God was already there. God's love was already present. This is the way God has made the world. But she was in danger. She was in struggle. And this is also the way the world was made by God, that we can assist each other, that the sap, the love from the root through the vine, through the branches, comes and flows more powerfully from God when we need it. Another example shows this. Uh, have you read The Secret Life of Trees? This wonderful uh, podcast and book and uh it's, it's teaching us that the community of trees is more than we knew. And one of the things is that uh, trees are deeply connected through their roots by mycorrhizae, little fungal uh, threads that connect the roots of trees together in this enormous network. And what has been found astoundingly is that during terrible droughts, like the mega drought that California is in now, that some species of trees don't fare as well in the drought as others. They start to really suffer. They have the stress. And what's astounding is that the other trees around them, also suffering, but not as much, are able to send their nutrients through the mycorrhizae to help the tree that's under greater stress. This is the love being of life being laid down for others. It's also been found that mother trees, trees that are on this uh, Mother's Day Sunday, trees that are near the end of their life will send their nutrients out instead of taking the nutrients up into the trunk, into the leaves, into the whole life of the tree, they reverse the flow. And they start sending the nutrients out through this mycorrhizal network into all the other trees to feed them, to be a mother to all of them. This is laying down 
life. That's, this is the pouring of love out into another. Finally, so I'm going from the human in very particular with Ruby and Jonathan to great forests. And now let's go into the cosmos itself. And uh, Brian Swim and Thomas Berry in their 1987 uh, groundbreaking uh, book, The Universe Story, tell at one point the story of what they call Tiamat. And that's the name they give to the ancestral star that created our solar system. They use the term sacrifice, that Tiamat sacrificed itself for all of us. All of you out there and I are made of the elements that were flung out from this star as it was dying, as it was sending forth all of its love to create everything that we see. It's not only you and I that are made of this star and the other ancestral stars, but everything we can see, the books I'm looking at, the wood that I'm looking at around me, the flowers outside, everything made from, if you will, the love of this star. Now, my English teacher when I was in high school would, would uh, be very critical of this book, uh, The Universe Story, and of me telling this story because she would say, you're anthropomorphizing a star. But, and I would say to her, you're right. We do not wanna make the mistake of thinking that everything is like us. But on the other hand, um, she and I were taught out of a way of looking at the world that is in error. It looks at a world where there are some subjects like you and me, humans, and a whole lot of objects that don't have consciousness, that can't love. Instead, we're learning that trees can love, that stars can love, and we can love. And it's all because of the root love of God that is continually poured into our hearts. And we are created so that we overflow with love, pour out love, live sacrificially for each other. And Jesus says that what we should be doing is creating community like all souls out of that love. And this takes work, my friends, because of the world in which we live, which does not see it the way Jesus saw it, the way his parent God taught him that it was. So we're gonna have to continually correct course restart the flow of love through the vine, through the branches with each other. That means we reconcile with each other. We forgive each other. We start again. But it's all within you. The love that was in Jesus from his father God, from his mother God, the love that is in you and is in, is in me, it's there already. You don't have to discover it. You don't have to wait for it, but we can help each other when we need it the most. Today, we celebrate the love of God that is poured into our hearts. May we ever search for it and find it renewed within us. Amen.